0: Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever important question: Is it Jaws? You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire
1: mission for a mental defective dress as a gorgeous? This coming
2: from a guy that wears a toilet seat
1: on his head. We don't leave one of our own
0: behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people.
1: Team two is clear to go.
0: Fire. Three, two. What are you
1: guys doing?
0: what you we're, were here to save you you were gonna save me it was a really good plan too well i can go back inside and you can still do it that's patronizing i'm so sorry harley quinn blood sport. you know the deal successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull can do the job so this is the famous Baby. suicide squad Num-num. any questions Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die.
2: If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley,
1: although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How am I supposed to know? You're the
0: leader, you're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problemo.
2: Why would someone put penises all over the beach?
0: Who knows why mad men do what they do? This is suicide.
1: Well, that's kind of our thing. Yeah. I'm going to get you out of here alive.
2: I'm going to get you out of here alive.
0: Oh, my God! We've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Uh-huh. We love the rain. Like angels are floating all over for us.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro and today I'm joined by Mr. Brett Cerro. Brett, welcome to the show. Good to be here. And today we are going to discuss The Suicide Squad, not to be mixed up with Suicide Squad from 2016. This is the recent uh, 2021 film that was released simultaneously in the movie theaters and on HBO Max. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I am still hesitant to get myself into a movie theater, but, Brad, I understand you saw this in the movie theater. Yes, I did. And you went on the off hours so that there were not very many people?
1: Yeah, yeah, so maybe two or three other people at most.
2: Is this your first time back in the theater, or have you seen anything else since COVID oh, hit?
1: Yeah, as far as I can remember, that was my first time back in the theater.
2: So it was, how, how how did it feel? Was it a little surreal? Uh, you know, just oh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely normal. surreal,
1: yeah. No, it was surreal, just yeah, because it's been so long. It felt, it felt, well, it felt once I would come back in there, it felt like I was riding a bike again. But yeah, it was definitely strange going back in.
2: Well, let me, let me ask you. Let's start off with with that aspect of this. Did you? Uh watching it did you feel that there was any point that it was really an advantage that you were watching it on the big screen you feel that added to the-
1: oh yeah i will say a little bit of the big screen aspect obviously if there, if there was more of a crowd obviously that, that that's usually the main difference in a movie theater that there's obviously people watching it reacting you know besides you as you're watching it but definitely the big screen is definitely you know it's definitely a cool
2: experience yeah my whole thing to be honest with you is you know ever since you know big screen home tvs came in uh and, you know, basically, since we came over 50 inches with with TV sets, my attitude has been more or less that I don't need to go to the movie theater unless it's a movie where the either the special effects or the sound is going to be, you know, enhanced by going to it. Now, this one, having watched it at home, so I can't, can't tell you what the movie theater experience is, but it didn't seem to me like the special effects were all that special, to, for lack of a better word. Uh... A lot of a lot of the things in there, you know, just seem kind of run of the mill, almost that you'd almost see on a TV show nowadays. Uh, you know, of a similar uh, storyline. Like, have you ever watched The Boys? Yeah, yeah I, I watched on the Prime. Boys, yeah, yeah. Like it, the special effects didn't seem to be beyond that to me. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And in, in particular, Starro the Conqueror, I thought, you know, he 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 looked to me like a you know a claymation, almost like you know from you know. 50, 60 years ago in the movies. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I, I didn't feel that this was a must-see in the movie theater, but I, I'll, I'll concede that, to some extent, everything's a little better seeing in a big screen. There are very few movies that I think are better
1: yeah well yeah, for me it was more of like I was just going to go see a movie with you know obviously with jD as you know yeah. Uh, but it was more of it we're going to go to the movies. it wasn't as much like we need to see this in the movies yeah because I was aware that it was out yeah I'm one of those guys yeah I very rarely go to the movies nowadays with how with how the TVs are and not you the advantages of just staying at home and everything but yeah, yeah that was more just but yeah I would agree there wouldn't I, I couldn't come to mind it doesn't come to mind that there would be a distinct advantage seeing it in
2: the movie theaters because the special effects are you know they're solid but they're not anything special now before I saw it. I think I might have anticipated that it would be better to see on the big screen. And the biggest reason for that is that it was directed by James Gunn, who you know I'm familiar with from Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, when Guardians came out, I had a somewhat similar vibe, uh, except I, I knew the characters in Guardians better, but more or less I had been thinking these are characters that the you know the general public isn't going to be familiar with. And he's out there, he's got to make a movie that's got to appeal not just to people like me who are familiar with the characters, but to people who might otherwise you know, not have any interest in seeing this movie. So when they signed Gunn on to, to direct and write this movie, I kind of allowed myself to get my expectations higher than they probably should have.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, I I, I agree because I I was a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy and, and yeah, he definitely uh, could, with the general public he definitely brought the Guardians like to the more of the forefront and all that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, especially after the disappointment that was expressed after the twenty sixteen movie. Yeah, a lot of people probably got their hopes up when it comes to this movie with with gun directing and everything. Just yeah, I agree with you.
2: Yeah, when when the twenty sixteen movie came out, that was actually one of the very very first. I think it was the third episode ever of this particular show that I do. Uh, we reviewed that movie. And I haven't re-listened to my uh, my review of that, but as best as I could remember, I kind of felt that there was way too much Joker in that movie, and they took care of that. We don't really see the Joker at all in this. Uh, and I also felt the story was kind of disjointed. It almost felt to me, when they made that movie, that they made it with a particular vision, and then they decided to try and make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy, but failed. And then... You know, again, taking it a step further. Well, let's bring in the the creative mind behind Guardians, and that, like I said, to me raised my expectations very high.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, my expectations going into I, I had heard some people talk about it. I got mixed Some of them said, "Oh yeah, very good movie." Like yeah, I, I, definitely much better than the first one. And then someone. I will said, okay, it gets a little bit too wild at times. Which, to me, honestly, my expectations were like I wanted to get as wild as possible. That's kind of what I was expecting going in. But yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, the expectations for this for a lot of people were probably they know Gun and they know the Guardians Ga- of the Galaxy, and if they were disappointed with the first one, that the probably expectations were pretty high. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say, i say it definitely lived up to lived up to some of the expectations, maybe not all of them. But. What I would
2: have liked, I think, and I, I don't want, I wouldn't have wanted to make it too formulaic. But I think what I would have liked to see them do that I didn't is to give us a little bit more of them training to be a team. Uh, and and I think of, and I, I don't know, this this movie obviously way before your time, but, you know, maybe you might know it, maybe you might not. Uh, but if you have any familiarity with the movie The Dirty Dozen, the 60s, uh, the whole storyline there is they have a bunch of people who are uh, during World War II, and they're, they're in military prison for one reason or the other, uh, you know. Pretty much slated for execution for their crimes, and they're offered that if they go on this, you know, very dangerous mission and they survive, they could get amnesty. Uh, and a lot of that movie, or a good portion of that movie, and possibly the most entertaining part is when they first get together and they train together, and they're all, you know, a very different group of people, and they're, you know, a little bit. Uh, you know, just against everything they're being asked to do uh, and how they learn to act as a team together and that kind of thing and how they learn to get by. And Lee Marvin, who's you know, the the trainer for them, how he convinces them to, to work together as a team. And I found that to be one of the most entertaining parts of that movie. And I think I would have liked to have seen that since this has a similar... Uh, you know, similar theme to it, I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more with that at the beginning of this, and I'm a little disappointed they didn't.
1: Yeah, so that actually, that exact point, I would agree on that. That's one of the things I was thinking, and also that kind of ties into one of the most, the major things that, I, that was kind of in my head when I was seeing it, is that they don't necessarily make it clear whether this is a sequel to the first one or if, the, or if the, the events of the first one never happened before this. Because obviously, they do have Harley, they have a couple guys, like yeah, Captain Boomerang, and the, um, I'm trying to think of the, the main general guy who's like supposed to be the leader of the team. That uh, His name isn't coming to me. But they, they don't really make it clear whether the events of the first one happened at all. And I guess that that was I guess my thoughts were the fact I guess the fact that they weren't doing the origin story is maybe that they were saying the first one did happen and this is kind of supposed to be a sequel so they don't want to introduce them. But I would agree. I feel like most people would agree that they like the origin stories probably the best and kind of like you know the com- you know coming up and everyone getting to know each other and everything. I agree. Most people would say they probably like those the best out of all the you know in superhero movies and movies where there's a team and everything. But yeah, like they definitely don't make it very clear whether this is a sequel or or whether it, the events of the first one did not happen at all. I don't know if you could give me some clarity on that.
2: Yeah, my understanding is that Gunn's attitude was he's not going to contradict the first one, but he's also not going to uh, be beholden to it. So uh, you can you can assume the events of the first movie happened, but he's not going to refer back to them. And then what he did, which you know I, I think was to subvert expectations, is he brought in a lot of people from the original team, or some of the people with the original team at the beginning of the movie and had them killed off very quickly.
1: Yes. Wait, I, his name is kidding me. I think General Flag is his name. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's the other guy that they had from the first one. But, yeah, that, I knew that was going to be a thing because I know, if you, I'm assuming you've read some of the Suicide Squad comics and everything, where one of the main points is that, like, you know, mo- there's people getting killed off almost every, you know, pretty much every uh, time there's a series on it, like every issue pretty much, and there's like a new, they keep restarting the team and everything, pretty much besides Harley Quinn a lot of the other guys are getting killed off. Yeah. That's that's like a main point of it.
2: Yeah. They, they basically let Gunn pick the team that he wanted. Uh, one of the things he, he apparently did my understanding is that he absolutely wanted to have Michael Rooker in the movie because he, he worked with Michael Rooker in the guardians movies and they developed a good relationship, but he didn't give him a major part killing him off before the credits start. Uh, but he got him in there and, you know, they got to work together. Uh, you know, the, I think they they gave him freedom to pick which characters he wanted within re- bringing Batman and have him killed. I'm sure that would not not have been allowed, uh, but they did allow him a lot of freedom to to pick the characters he was going to have, and he clearly went for a strange group. Uh, but but I, I would say of the group he picked, the the group that's finally there, my favorite character that he used was King Shark. I just got a big kick at him every time he was on the screen.
1: Oh yeah, I got a, as soon as he announced that cat. Well, I guess yeah, I, I saw the cast of guys, and I'm thinking like.
2: Just me with a guy like
1: done in this movie I'm thinking the wackier the better Like the more like unpredictable and wackier the better Just cause that's kinda like the spirit of the whole movie So yeah, as soon as I saw like you know Calendar Man Like you know King Shark Like Peacemaker all that stuff I'm like Oh, this is this is going to be perfect, especially some of the actors that are portraying them. I mean, you got a guy like Cena in there. I think, yeah, you had Stallone voicing King Shark. Like, that's just that, that's a hell of a, of a cast for a movie. Like, you you can just tell this is going to be a pretty wild ride. But yeah, I, I like I like him going like as as wild and unexpected as possible. That's kind of what I was hoping going in. But yeah, King Shark was definitely a, one of my favorite characters. Probably for me, probably King Shark. Yeah, Calendar Man and Peacemaker, just just like the wackiest characters. Like, I, I really like that.
2: And then what was uh? Oh listen I'm drawing a blank the uh the the, the character that, that at the beginning that uh oh, that they I think drowns see. uh what's his name uh, weasel <laughs> yeah uh,
1: that's that's my number favorite character in the whole show the, in the whole movie I mean it was like I just I saw him I was, I was I was upset when I thought they thought he drowned and then obviously they had the post credit scene where he came back I was like yes because they had to bring that guy back
2: now he he's actually you know obviously there's some uh some CGI there but he was acted by Sean Gunn <laughs> the 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 brother's brother of the director and he's also another one uh gun gun clearly has loyalties to certain people when he you know when he does things and he uh you know obviously his brother is is pretty obvious and then i mentioned michael rooker but then also you know a lot of people that he's worked with before sylvester stallone was in you know had a very small part in guardians 2 uh i'm trying to think of of who else but there were a few different people that that you know he's pulled back in from the past working. So you know that's clearly one of his things that he you know if if he enjoys working with you he clearly wants to try and find a way to work. Uh, now the you know po- the interesting thing to me is trying to figure out you know who's who's the main the main guy here. And it's obviously to me it's between three people. You know you have Margot Robbie who who's kind of off on her own in the movie. she's, she's there's, there's not a lot of stuff where she's interacting with the others, but there is some. But I think, you know, her her thing was she's going to be an attraction to people are familiar with the character, people are familiar with the way she portrayed the character in two previous appearances now and they like that character. So, I it, my understanding is that Warner Brothers said you don't have to use her, but we'd like you to use her.
1: Oh, one hundred percent. She was by far the big movie, so, and, and she kind of like she kind of brings it to everyone's attention. Like when you think of Suicide Squad, obviously she's the first thing that comes to mind. So yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, obviously you have to have her portray, you know, play a big part in this movie. And I think, like I said, they they wanted they wanted to give her a lot of her own screen time just because, like I said, she just brings so much interest in there. And I mm-hmm. I, I did like how that how they used her a lot. Like I said, the whole the whole unexpected where she's supposed to be the guy wants her to be his wife and then she ends up. They have the whole, like, oh, they actually like each other. And then she just ends up killing them. Like, I, I love when there's unexpected things like that happen. Because in, in a movie like this, that's, like, the name of the game. Like The unexpected. just like, out of nowhere, like, you, you, it leads you in one direction. And then out of nowhere, it takes you in the other direction. I yeah, really like it's that. it's
2: pretty much what I, what I was talking about, you know, when I said subverting expectations. I think that's that's a big thing in a movie like this, is if, you, if you're too comfortable sitting in your chair, then they're not doing their job. Yeah. Oh, you know, they're all going to survive because I like this one. You can't, you can't ever have that feeling. You have to constantly, through the movie, think they may kill off this character.
1: Yeah, honestly, the one thing, the one character that, again, it was a feel-good character. In these movies, I don't, I'm not really a fan of the feel-good type stuff. So, like, Rat Catcher, I'd say, is probably one of my least favorite just because she's one of those characters that kind of grounded the movie and did exactly what you were saying. is that You kind of get the feeling she's not going to die kind of adds like the whole heartwarming aspect to it where it's like yeah you know, i want to see a bunch of a bunch of people that i that i know for a fact like they there's no loyalty whatsoever like you know i, I wasn't a huge fan of just because i i'm more of a fan of just the wacky guys who like at any second could die or you don't know what they're going to do at any given second that's just so she's probably one of our one of my least favorite characters in the movie
2: interesting and yeah I, I i can't disagree with you on that uh i think if i had to land on who the main actor is in the movie i think it was idris elba Oh. and yeah. I feel like I feel like he's a really good act he's very charismatic and for the last 10 years or so they've been searching for just the right starring role for him to really explode and become a huge star and and they just keep missing the mark a little bit I think he's popular but I don't think he's as popular as he should be because I don't think they found just quite the right role for him
1: yeah, well, was obviously in this movie he's
2: supposed to play the straight man out of all these, guys.
1: and I feel like it just doesn't quite gel in. Like I would have rather that you know, all these guys be pretty wacky. He was kind of just the one kind of more serious guy, and just didn't really gel with the rest of the guys. Like pretty much everyone else was was, was more of a wacky out there type character, and he was just kind of the normal kind of standard guy that involved the storyline of his daughter. Kind of like they basically just subbed him in for a uh, dead shot. We're kind of with the whole daughter situation. That's yeah, what I was just like, going to yeah. say. It's yeah, it's like yeah, exactly, he's a retread yeah. of Will yeah.
2: Smith from the first movie. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, well, we want to have the same character, but we don't want to have the same character, and we don't think we can get Will Smith back, so we'll get Idris Elba, but then we'll make him a new character, and it is a legitimate character. Both, you know, both characters are comic book characters that have existed on their own, but they are very similar, obviously. Yeah.
1: No. One hundred percent.
2: And and I, but I also like the fact that they decided to have John Cena as peacemaker, who is also a character with a very similar power set, oh, that was, and have that was them a funny play scene, off each yeah. other
1: that was a very entertaining exchange when they had, when, when they were talking about that they were supposed to have the same power. And it's like, wait a you just described my powers. And then they had a whole like back and forth like that. I, I like the comedic, especially when they got like bloodsport where he's supposed to be the serious guy. So any little time when you see him, when the, in the comedic scene, that, that was pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah. And I, I, enjoyed the scene when, you know, when they're both trying to outdo each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he says, Oh, you, you know, you didn't kill that one. And this is just wait, explosive bullets. I thought that was oh, a yeah. good scene. Uh, but you know, it 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 almost seemed a surprise to me, and and I thought I thought John Cena really brought it for this movie. I don't, I'm not really familiar with him as an actor. I mean, I know him somewhat from wrestling, and and you know, just as as a uh, celebrity. But as an actor, I really haven't seen a lot of him, uh, so I can't say, oh, you know, coming in, he was a good actor, he's a bad actor, whatever. But I really thought he he was giving it 100 percent effort in this movie, uh, you know, to make the character his own, which then made it not surprising that he's going to have uh, a series on hbo
1: yeah, I, I, did, yeah I, I did see it. and i'm actually after seeing this movie i'm even more interested i was interested in it already but obviously i wanted to see the movie to see how it was as peacemaker and after seeing that i really i'm very interested to see how this is going to be because he just reminds me of that guy that's basically like a like a darker version of captain america pretty much like that i probably my favorite scene in the entire movie was the whole was the exchange i think they had it in the trailer but in the movie it was great where he's like I, I, I'm willing to kill every man woman and child necessary to keep the peace type thing and then they <laughs> had the whole like and then the calendar man is like I, th- I thought you were the crazy one he's like I am like that was that was platform from an exchange of the whole movie and that just that, that kind of much just sums up peacemaker in one sentence where it's just like he's just one of those guys that he makes it like oh I'm, I'm the guy like I'm, I'm the noble guy here and then he just and then he just slaughters everybody so I'm, I'm really like, I, it might be a little similar to the points obviously not, not not the team aspect but like you know just kind of like he, he comes across as a superhero, but then he's busy killing everybody, pretty much.
2: Yeah, I think he comes across as, like, unhinged, even though he yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, firmly believes in what he's doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, Did you watch uh, what's Falcon and Winter Soldier?
1: Uh, yes, I did, yeah. Oh, yes. You mean uh, uh, U.S. Soldier, pretty much. Yeah, yes. U.S. Agent.
2: My bad. U.S. Agent in the comics is very similar to Peacemaker. He's, he's so dedicated to doing what the government wants or what you know what he they dictate to that he doesn't really look to right and wrong
1: yeah yeah he he truly believes that what he's doing is like good even though obviously he's got his own twisted morality type situation yeah you know
2: they they play that off uh, certainly in the comic books because tv show you know we didn't have the steve rogers captain america but in the comic books they play them against each other where they'll show steve rogers as somebody who will do anything for the american dream but that doesn't mean that the american government is automatically right at all yeah yeah exactly if he thinks the government is doing something that's wrong you know he'll he'll stand up against it
1: yeah whereas us agent was pretty much just whatever they say i will enforce
2: it yeah and and peacemaker has a similar you know similar vibe i'm not really as familiar with peacemaker in the comics in fact i really have very little from in the comics uh what other characters have we got here let's take a quick look uh I, I kind of got a kick out of Polka Dot Man.
1: Oh, yeah. He was, like I said, he was him, Peacemaker, and then the Weasel were my three favorite people. Polka Bob, that was
2: great. Now, what, 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 one of the things I liked about Polka Dot Man is it seems like everything I see nowadays, it's, oh, I'm this way because my father, my father, my father. And, and you know, that's fine. It's, it's not like as a father I'm insulted by that. But it just seems like it's every movie. It's, you know, a bad, you know, bad father thing. Uh, and that's the motivation of the character. At least this guy had a bad mother. At least oh, yeah. are just a little bit different, and every- yeah. every time he does something, it's like, yeah, I had to vision that I was killing my mother. Oh, yeah, no,
1: that was, no, by far, like I said, a top, top three scene, the whole thing where they, he just envisioned all, like, at the end of the movie, you just see like, the giant, like, Godzilla-like version of his mother, just, like, that, that was just great, that was a great, that was a great ending to that whole, to the whole mother thing, You're like, because <laughs> he was yeah. picturing her face, and he sees the giant mother that's, like, stampeding, that, that was great, I, I love that
2: one. Of, of all the characters in the movie, he might have had the most, uh, the most clear character arc, or story arc, where his kind of, you know, his character had, uh, had 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 its story, and they had nothing more to do with him, and then they killed him off. And it, it almost it almost seems like you know, like he was the most traditional as far as his story went.
1: Oh yeah, the whole yeah, the whole my mom scarred me when I was younger, and then he start, he has the whole thing with the polka dots that wants to figure out. Okay, I'm supposed to I have to expel them, and then yeah, after that he's kind of there for just for the comedy relief a little bit and then they pretty much just kill him off like <laughs> it's pretty much always unintentional he's yeah he's never a jokester it's always just something <laughs> something strange that he's doing but yeah then, then after that he was kind of just the side guy yeah, and then they eventually killed him off
2: let's see if there's any other character. we had peter capaldi who's played doctor who that's that's where i know him from uh but he you know he was the thinker uh he was all right <laughs> i didn't really feel like there was a lot there to be added you know didn't really do yeah
1: no, really, none of the real villains even like the star and all that stuff like obviously I'm Actually, i I'm familiar with star I'm familiar with star from when I watched the Justice League uh, animated series when I was much younger than, I think they believe had an episode on that from what I remember but yeah the, the, the traditional villains uh, weren't like overly you know overly interesting it was more of the heroes that were more interesting usually there are some good villains that the villains were a little subpar but I will say the one thing that I did like is that obviously Amanda Waller always always plays like kind of like the anti-hero type leader where it's like you know she's doing it for the good of society but then obviously she's doing it like, some pretty underhanded type things like I think she was going to threaten to like hurt his kid or something like that or sentence her to years yeah. in jail I think in the beginning and uh, exactly. I, I love that scene she always kind of gets on my nerves where you kind of you got of want someone to finally like you know clap back at her and finally they they, they knocked her out and everything I, I was that was one of my favorite scenes because I'm like finally someone shut her up for once
2: yeah no I agree I she was the next one I was going to bring up in fact uh, I like the way Viola Davis played her but the definitive version of that character to me uh, you mentioned the Justice League cartoon. Do you remember in Justice League Unlimited, uh, she actually kind of she and Batman stand up to each other, and you know she, she she's threatening to bring you know to bring him out as a vigilante, and she knows he's Bruce Wayne and all of this, and and I think his response is that's fine, we'll step into the light together, and I just yeah. I really just like the way she, you know she would stand up to Batman, which you know who who would do that, uh, and she could go toe to toe with him in her own way, even though he you know he would ult- he ultimately got the upper hand in the situation uh but that that to me was the way like the key pro- key portrayal of her uh and i think i think Viola Davis kind of brought that to the table i think she did have that same kind of presence that that there was nothing she'd back off from and that she was prepared oh, and-
1: yeah. yeah yeah no i, I would agree, i would 100% agree with you on that she's she portrayed great yeah, 100% this, this is the first like true weakness that was shown to her where someone kind of went back at her she's always been the character that has whatever situation arises she always has an answer for it and she's always like 10 steps ahead she's always that kind of leader where it's like oh if you step out here at a line either you're getting your head blown up or i got someone that you love or something like, or you know i got something we have, we have a you know a backup plan just in case and this is this is the one backup plan that she, she wasn't expecting
2: well and and that's kind of the way batman is portrayed in my at least you know in my mind is he's somebody who's always two steps ahead of everybody else so he's already considered everything that could happen and he's got contingency plans in place uh so you know she's similar in her own way only despite the fact that batman could be a son of a bitch he's got some moral compass which i don't think she does
1: well, yeah, it comes with being the superhero, I guess. That when you're when you're when you're a hero, there's certain lines you can't cross. Once you get to the Suicide Squad and some of these underground organizations, there isn't much that you won't do. There's no like oh moral compass or like or, or some um, you know hidden line that you wouldn't cross. She really says like, yo, I, I truly am willing to do anything to protect this country. So that, I think that kind of goes along with that. She's willing. To, it's kind of like peacemaker. You're you're willing to justify a lot of different things in the name of like world peace.
2: Yeah, and she. Uh... You know, she she's got no hesitation to say, okay, you know, explode that that thing in his head to kill him. Uh, you know that there's there's no no remorse, no problem. You, you, either you serve a purpose for me or you're gone. Oh, and no, no. Another, another one of the funniest things I thought, uh, which I just I'm just seeing it here, is uh, Nathan Fillion. Now, are you, are you familiar with Nathan Fillion to speak of?
1: All right, you're fresh beyond who he's played before. I probably have. Uh, he
2: he his best his best thing is he he was the. Uh, the, the captain in the show Firefly uh, that was cancelled after like thirteen episodes, but became like a cult favorite. Uh, and then then he went on. He, he's in the show Castle. Uh,
1: oh, okay, I, I, okay, not now, now. now in that, this yeah. movie,
2: he played TDK, and then he starts saying, well, "What you know? What's TDK?" Well, that's who I am. And and they never actually said like what that is, but it's it's short for the detachable kid. Oh, and, and the okay, whole thing was okay, he was okay. able to separate <laughs> his arms from his body so, so when we'll you're that an opening scene he's got his arms going around like smacking people until they start shooting his arms and then they just show his body without you know without any arms on it and he's in agony because they're shooting his arm oh yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah now that you said that obviously it was very early in the movie and obviously what, yeah, but yeah that was a very very funny scene because uh, you kind of do wonder like wait what is he because like, he didn't really show any powers and then out of nowhere it's like a power that you least expected was like wait what the <laughs> I never, a lot of these these heroes especially it's an advantage when you when you bring some characters that most people wouldn't be familiar with so you pretty much can like spring any unexpected power on people like pretty like the initial team obviously besides besides harley quinn and a couple people most people aren't familiar with most of them so like the detachable. taxable do you are you do you, uh, know if he's like a is he in the comics or would they just totally make him up
2: i'm pretty confident he's in the comics but i never saw him in the comics before yeah,
1: exactly. Which even even a, co- a comic connoisseur like you that that is very familiar with most people that has not seen him. So that's that's an advantage of having a lot of unknown characters that like you're like, what? no one's gonna know what he is. And it's like, that's definitely no no one would have expected that. But no, that was that was a very funny scene. I like that.
2: Yeah, and that's—I mean, to me, that's the way you do it. You, it with a movie like this. And I think it was a good effort by by Gunn. I'm going to tell you, ultimately, I think it fell a little shorter of where I wanted it to be. But I think it was a good effort, and I think he had the right idea of bringing in these characters that are going to be amusing, uh, bringing in characters that you could never uh, make—you know—make a movie around them in particular. But you could always have them on the side, you know, people like the detachable kid and boom—not not so much Boomerang Man. Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, well, sh- sh- polka,
1: dot man's polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, that's what yeah, I was just trying to yeah. think of.
2: But people like that, or, or even, you know, the, uh, the what's you call, King Shark, and <laughs> giving you the comic relief with them, but also at the same time setting up a, a I was going to say a viable threat, but it's, you know, kind of almost an amusing threat with uh, Starro. Uh, and, and then having the other characters have their story told in, in, in amidst all of this, and you can then have kind of the, the humor and the story at the same time. And you know, I, I probably my biggest reason for feeling that it fell short is because he did it so so well in the first Guardian and then he did it pretty darn good in the second Guardian. And I feel like this one is the third of three. So I feel like, you know, I, I wanted it to be I wanted it to be better than the second Guardian's, which is setting still setting the uh, the bar reasonably high.
1: Yeah, I would say that if I had to pick things that you could have done a little better on, is that like go even crazier and bigger than you than you even went in this one. Like I would have honestly. As good as Harley is in the movies, it might have, been especially because she was she barely even coexisted with the cast, like most of the main cast, most of the movie. Honestly, at this point, they should just make her own solo movie and honestly do a Suicide Squad where there's really no like characters that you're like, okay, this is more of a grounded straight man type character that you, you know most likely isn't going to die, and they're a little more serious. I would rather just have all characters like Polka Dot Man and all of them and just make things even wackier than they were, pretty much, and tr- and you truly don't know who's going to die like that because you knew Harley wasn't going to die, you knew Bloodsport most likely wasn't going to guy with some of the backstories and the, and the importance of the characters i would have rather been wackier than they did to be honest and even more like just random random silly characters and just had people continuously getting killed off like they went a little towards the end they got a little more traditional and kinda went like okay they were gonna they were gonna leave then they came back to to, kinda save the day like it kinda it followed more of the usual formula whereas in the beginning I liked it better in the beginning when you killed off the entire team, it was you truly didn't know who was gonna live. They were introducing all these crazy powers. Like that that was what I liked. Towards the end, it was a little more like vanilla, and like as you would expect in superhero movies. So that—that's the one thing. I would go even bigger, have less important characters, and just be as wacky and unexpected as possible. Because that's what Gunn's good at. He's good at humor and being a little crazy.
2: Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. And I think i what I would have liked to have seen is for them to go just a little bit slicker on the special effects. Uh, I thought the movie had kind of a dark pall over it. You know, like the the cinematography—I think was intentionally dark. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit brighter, a little bit more, like I said, slick special effects. Starro felt to me like he was a claymation. I think I would have liked to have seen him looking more CGI-like and more, uh, you know, something a little closer to a real starfish texture about him that I don't feel like we got. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it would have improved it, but that's kind of what I was looking. So, to me, I think just a little bit of a slicker look would have added to my enjoyment, and it also would have made it, to me a little bit more something that I'd want to see on the bigger screen.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. But that's what goes along with what I was saying, just, like, bigger, better, wackier, just everything a little bit more, like, of a big, you know, a big atmosphere and just kind of, like, a million miles yeah but i agree with you star was a little bit too cartoonish like you really couldn't take it that seriously as a villain like it, it, there was something about it i agree a little bit a little bit too cartoonish and all that and a little bit too unrealistic for you to be like whoa this is actually like i, I gotta take it seriously and star Starro has that effect as a villain overall but, like you could have definitely done a little bit better with with, with the animations i would agree and the special effects were kind of were a little bit basic, and they should have made the deaths kind of even more like whoa, you know, types, of, you know, like wow, this is like some crazy gore and everything. If you really want to like catch people's attention,
2: yeah, I can't say the music really stood out to me. There were a couple of pop songs thrown in, uh, but it, it I, I, didn't feel there was anything that that really. You know, again, I'm comparing to Guardians. This, this this is, this is, you know, I I can't help but do. In Guardians, he had all sorts of, you know, oldies pop music thrown in for effect, and I thought it was really effective. Uh, In this, he had a little bit, you know, more, more modern uh, music than, you know, at least certainly more modern than Guardian. Uh, And there wasn't quite as much of it. A lot of the, you know, the score was just traditional score. Again, I, I, it's not that it was bad, but I thought it was used to much better effect. Yeah,
1: I, could, I, I couldn't I could tell you right, right now, yeah, definitely, the music definitely wasn't at the forefront of a gun was doing this movie. Yeah, I really couldn't recall, like, it did, there wasn't anything that like stood out, whereas Guardians I could definitely recall multiple songs from the movie that like that stick with you, you know, that you remember, like oh that was really I like that he did that. Even if you're not even gonna review you're looking at it in detail, like you could definitely remember some of the songs. Where, whereas this movie, like there wasn't anything special in it, like you know, music wise or soundtrack wise that like whoa that was very good placement. That was like that was, I really like that. There, were, yeah, like I couldn't really nothing even comes to mind right now. But yeah, it yeah. definitely definitely wasn't the strong part of the movie. I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think with Guardians, he created something where it carried with them, uh, you know, to the point where, like, when they did uh, Avengers: uh, Infinity War, which wasn't even directed by Gunn, when they first introduced the Guardians, they do so by having by playing the song Rubber Band Man uh, from, you know, from again from the 1970s, uh, but it just made for like a very uh, enjoyable intro to them in the movie and it made it you know feel natural like a natural link to the gun movie so i feel like he created something there and and to some extent he may not have wanted to do that here because he may not have wanted to you know repetitive he may have said well i you know that's the identity i gave to that i don't want to give it here but i just feel like that served him so well in that movie that it was almost disappointing to not have uh some sort of score here that that really stayed with me yeah, and yeah, I, you definitely, I think ultimately yeah. that, that may be my problem with this movie. My problem may be that I was looking too much for Guardians.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely tell that, you know, like, the music they use in the Guardians, like, that
2: kind of, especially because a lot of people weren't familiar with them previously,
1: that has kind of become, like, when people think of the Guardians, they think of that. Like, he, he was able to attach that with them the way he did it, that, like I said, when you think of the Guardians, like, that is the identity when you hear that music. Whereas, yeah, he wasn't really able to at- attach a specific genre of music or song or anything with with this movie it definitely well it wasn't wasn't yeah you might have not been trying to but it definitely didn't it didn't work if he was
2: now overall you know i thought the directing was was i, I was for some reason I, i'm going to the word adequate i think it was better than adequate i think the direction was solid uh i think you know it was it, it was easy enough to follow what was going on in the movie and and the plot when when you consider it was a little confusing with uh the first group of of suicide squad people that get Slaughtered at the beach, which is almost reminiscent of Saving Private Ryan at the beginning. By the way, uh, and then you have the second group, and then what they're doing with regard to uh, to this country, and how they're you know in there to stop them from doing this, and then you find out, well, they they're not really stopping it; they caused it in the first place. This was you know kind of their scientific lab. So there's a lot to go on to kind of you know digest as you're going along. So I will give Gunn credit for writing it a dir- and directing it in a way where you don't get confused by it, despite the fact that it is a somewhat fusing storyline. Uh, you know. So so I'm going to give credit there.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. It definitely it wasn't this movie specifically. It felt like the last movie, like it's... Oh, well, I, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really bring up the last movie. I, I would agree with you that 100% they tried to inject... Like the old Batman and the Joker rivalry type thing, and some of the main movies, like into it, and kind of you could just see, like it just it, it did not fit at all in that movie. But yeah, th- at least they, they did do that where they didn't try they didn't inject like additional storylines or like make it like very convoluted or complicated. It was it was a pretty simple, once the, the main team came in after the first team got killed, it was it was they pretty much stuck to the main storyline. It wasn't there wasn't too many like convoluted. Ver- Maybe besides Harley going off on her own thing a little bit, it was pretty clear. It wasn't It wasn't too confusing for anyone to
2: follow. Yeah, I agree. And what they did, which I think they did better than the first time, is instead of trying to shoehorn Batman and the Joker into the story, uh, they just made some references. You know, they referenced that, uh, that what's his name, Bloodsport had, had shot Superman with a kryptonite bolt. You know, so they, they make a mention of Superman, but we don't have a need to see him in the movie.
1: Yeah. So, you well, know, they're definitely perfecting. They're def- I think they're perfecting. Like, obviously, DC was definitely uh, criticized for a lot of their movies over the previous couple of years. But definitely, I think starting with movies like Shazam, where they kind of just—I don't know if you saw there was there was just kind of this quick Superman cameo as like kind of like a comedic thing a little bit. Like at the end, they, they're kind of finding like their perfect balance of like not trying to just like mix movies and kind of just doing you know putting in puzzle pieces that just don't fit. They just they're, they're kind of just letting it kind of go naturally, making some references. It's kind of they're doing it in like a subtle way instead of instead of trying to like force it.
2: Yeah no I've I've I have to you know up front I I've enjoyed the Marvel movies more but yeah. I do think that the DC movies you know they've gone through kind of a progression uh You know, I I know some of my friends don't like the Nolan trilogy, but but I I, I mostly enjoyed the Nolans, the Batman movie. Uh, I enjoyed Man of Steel, but it felt like they were going down a road where they were getting way too dark. You know, once they got past Man of Steel, then when they went to to the first Suicide Squad movie and Batman v Superman, uh, they really just kind of... Lost me, and now I feel like they found their way a little bit more. You know, when they came up with Wonder Woman, and that, and I, I, you know, despite some others' bad reviews of it, I enjoyed Aquaman. Uh, you know, you mentioned Shazam; that was fun. Uh, you know, so so there was definitely, you know, they, they they've had a little bit of a resurgence now. I'm still partial to the Marvel movies over these, but I feel like they're they're creating their own niche to a, to an extent. Uh, I think they they were trying too hard to. Uh, to piggyback on Marvel when they did the, the Justice League but you know maybe they've re- course corrected themselves
1: oh yeah I would 100% agree with you I believe the general consensus if you ask most people would be yeah. DC was getting like incredibly dark with a lot of their movies and you need to have like a good balance like I said there are movies that can be dark there should be more some more lighthearted movies and I believe they're, they're definitely going more in the Marvel direction with these movies than, than they were in the past they're, they're realizing like taking some of Marvel's formula and kind of making things a little bit lighthearted sometimes sometimes a little darker and like they're definitely much but no, I would agree with you i'm definitely the marvel movies are most people would say they prefer those unless you're a huge dc fan where like whatever they put out you're gonna you're gonna watch it and prefer it other than that like most people would probably say the product has been significantly better with the marvel movies but dc definitely is it's definitely trending in a a better direction than it was a couple years ago i'd say that
2: yeah, I, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm curious to see what we're gonna get next. I'm not even sure what's next on their agenda. But for now, we're just kind of reading this one and going with this one. Are you? Do you have the, uh, the Jaws scale, uh, down pad at this point? Oh, the, the which scale? The Jaws scale. So just to, to repeat it, because I end up repeating this often. If you rank a movie as Jaws, you're saying it's an all-time classic. It's a great movie. It's, you know. Deserving to be up there with the classics. If you say it's Jaws 2, which is not to say it's the actual movie Jaws 2, but just by our ranking, uh, you're saying it's a really solid movie. It's worthy of multiple viewings, but it's not quite at the classic. If you're going to rank it as a Jaws 3, you're saying it was a decent movie. It was watchable, but, you know, nothing nothing great. If you say it's Jaws 4, you're saying it was a bad movie. And then, borrowing from the movie Back to the Future 2, uh, if you rate it as Jaws 17, you're saying it's so bad that it's funny. So I enjoyed it because it's so bad. So that's the Jaws scale that we work work with on this show. And with that in mind, where would you rank this movie?
1: Well, first of all, I like the uh, Back to the Future 2 reference because that was – if you look, that was one of those funny predictions with the old Jaws 17 with it jumping out of them. Right there. I like that. But uh, somewhere uh, – I would do it either a 2 or a 3. It was, I feel like it was somewhere in between that. I don't know which one to pick because it definitely, it definitely had its flaws. But it was definitely a movie that it's like there's things in it that like are unique and like it would definitely be worth watching. It's not like a it's not your standard run of the mill movie that's like oh this followed the usual storyline and everything. So you know what I'll, 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 I'm feeling good at it. I'll go with it. I'll go with it too because it definitely is a movie that like it's, it has it has its very entertaining moments and it's definitely like a unique movie. Like there isn't any movies like Suicide Squad that are around. So you know what? I'll go too.
2: A lot, a lot of what you said echoes what I was about to say, cause I'm, 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 I was also saying it's somewhere in the middle there, uh, so what I, what I call it is either a high Jaws 2 or, a, or excuse me, a low Jaws 2 or a high Jaws 3, uh, I've fallen on the, uh, the end of the low, the, the high Jaws 3 right now. I'm thinking it's, you know, it was decent, I enjoyed watching it, I don't see myself seeking it out for multiple viewings, although if I'm flipping through the channels and it's on one day, I may just leave it, uh, so, you know, like I said, I'm thinking a high Jaws th- 3 for me, but that's virtually the equivalent of a low Jaws 2, which is kind of where you are. So I think we're on the same page within this one. Yeah, I'd say so. So that'll do it for our review of suicide, or The Suicide Squad. Excuse me. Hmm. Uh, Brett, I want to thank you for coming on with me and making some time to talk about this. No, 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 it's been a pleasure. Okay, and it's the pleasure's mine, and, you know, we'll see if maybe we find something else for you to come on and talk about in the, in the not-too-distant future.
1: Oh, definitely wouldn't. Definitely, I would count
2: on it. Thanks again for coming on, and thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Yo, is this a dog? What? It, is this thing a dog?
1: A a dog? Yes. What? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the breeds. I'm
2: gonna go with Afghan hound. <laughs> this is
1: when is an Afghan hound, buddy. Thumbs. Oh my God! Is it a werewolf?
0: I wanted to meet a werewolf forever. Yo, they sent me into a werewolf? Yo, let me know. I do not a werewolf. Hey, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean he's not harmless. He's
1: killed 27 children, but you know, we got him to. I think he's agreed to do this. Whatever the case, does everyone get in a position to drop.